When people look you up online, where does your website appear? And the reason I ask you is that it's getting harder to stand out online, isn't it? Ever-increasing numbers of blogs, of landing pages and websites from trainers and coaches just like you, people who are your competition, effectively. Lots of people looking for you and for others just like you, but you have to be where you can be found. And for many people, it's a question of being found on Google. So my question to you is, can people find you via online search? Today's guest is none other than Neil Patel, internationally recognized expert in getting people and businesses to the top of Google. This is episode 68 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Happy New Year and welcome. This is the first episode of 2020. It's a new decade and it's also a new training business year. This is Mark Garrett Hayes. I'm the host of this podcast and the podcast premise or goal every single week for this episode and all other episodes is very simple. It's to help you to start to grow and to scale your training business. If you're a coach, if you're a trainer, a freelance trainer, a training consultant, a an organizational development consultant, some range of, of titles out there. But if you're someone who's in the business of making money from helping other people to be the best they can be through training programs, your training programs, your workshops, then this is the podcast for you. We're off to a great start today with one of the best best experts, I should say, on search engine marketing in the world, because this is Neil Patel's um, episode today. And so far as he's the guest, and Neil has consulted with companies like Amazon, NBC, and HP or Hewlett Packard. Neil contributes to Forbes magazine, and he's widely recognized as one of the experts in helping others to get to the top of Google and other search engines. He's today's guest on the show. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes. Neil's going to make it easy for you to get your website online and to attract customers. Hey, Neil, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks for having me. You're recognized as one of the top international experts on search engine optimization, sometimes called SEO. Uh, anywhere on the planet today. How did that come about and what have you achieved? Yeah, sure. So I've been doing SEO for, I don't even know how long, more than 10 years, but I got started because I had my own website and I was trying to figure out how to get traffic and I couldn't figure it out. So it it didn't work out well um, because I was paying people, wasn't getting results and I just had to learn it uh, on my own because I had no choice from being broke or frustrated. But that's how I became decent at it. It had nothing to do with wanting to learn SEOs, more so had my own website, how to get traffic. I couldn't afford paid advertising, and I couldn't afford to keep paying people who are getting me no results. And that, I think, confuses many people, which is this ever-changing dance with Google. How do search engines actually work? For, for people out there thinking, you know, there's Bing, there's Google, where do we start? Yeah, so th- the way it works, the simplest way to think about it is... Google or search engines in general are similar to election. So you guys have elections in the UK. We have them in the US. There's all these presidential elections or for prime ministers. And typically 
the winner is the person who gets the most votes. On the internet, in the eyes of Google, the winner is the person who has the most links. Um, that's the basics of it. There's much more to it, such as you know, if a politician, you know, if Tony Blair votes for the next prime minister and tells everyone about it, it probably carries more weight than if I, Neil Patel, because I'm not a politician nor am I an expert. The same goes with Google. If a plumbing site links to another plumbing site, it's more effective than if a dog website links to a plumbing website. Yeah, because I struggled with that in the early days. Um, I'm thinking maybe 10 years ago, I was stuck inside in, in HTML using meta tags and popping in keywords. But I think that, that Google's changed now. It's, it's very much based upon uh, the credibility that, that, that important sites lend to your site. There's a kind of a, I think backlinking is the term used, which, which has a huge effect on where your site appears in the search engine results. Exactly. Okay. So how hard is it to be found in Google these days if someone just puts up a website, uh, leaves things to chance, and hopes to be found? Yeah, it's actually not that hard. You'll get out there. You just won't get a ton of traffic. So you have to do a lot of things. Like if you're a local business, use Google My Business. Um, If you're a global business, make sure you're trying to get people to link to you. You're creating amazing content. Uh, Your code is friendly, so that way a search engine can crawl your site. So all those things are important. Okay, people can be found organically and by paid search, and there's quite a difference between the two. What, what is the difference? Yeah, with, or, organic is people finding you in the areas in Google that are free. Paid is the top listing that usually say sponsored or ad. Right. So that gets very expensive very quickly. Very quickly, and it is very expensive. Yeah, I've been using a, a consultant. I found someone on Fiverr. Um, quite good, actually, um, but uh, it is a cost. And I think starting out, if you're listening to this, it's it's something to, I think, avoid at the beginning. Maybe educate yourself. Um, look at uh, experts like Neil out there and get to grips with it. I think that there's a lot of stuff out there which is quite in-depth and complex, but but the basics are, are pretty reasonable, reasonably easy to start with. So looking at the basics for a moment, um, I use WordPress. I think it's quite easy to use, loads of documentation out there. Um, setting up a website for someone who's not yet done that, is that a place to start, WordPress? It is, yes. So I would start with WordPress. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of free templates, free designs. You don't have to do much. Uh, it works pretty easy out of the box. Yeah, I use ThemeForest. Uh, there are many sites out there. Another uh, theme I've heard recommended is called uh, WP Astra. Um, so let's say someone's got their WordPress site set up, which is reasonably easy to do. And again, people on Fiverr and other sites like that can help you with it if you struggle with it. The next thing is to install something called Google Analytics. Why is that so important? Well, Google Analytics ends up telling you what's happening on your website. Are you getting traffic? Are you not getting traffic? Mm. All these things matter. What traffic is converting, which ones aren't. It pretty much gives you... Uh, like a camera, in essence, you're spying on your visitors, but not in a creepy way. <laughs> you need the data and the insights you need to figure out what's working and what's not. Okay. Something else which I've heard uh, mentioned is a Facebook pixel. Now, uh, again, we're tracking traffic to our website from people coming from Google. And I presume Facebook then has something to add in terms of what we do with the code and how we can use analytics. So why is Facebook pixel uh, so important. Facebook pixels are really important because 
with a Facebook pixel, it can tell you all the people who are just like the ones that converted. See, Facebook has a ton of data on people. Yeah. And the beautiful we know that, part yeah. about <laughs> Yeah. And the beautiful part about this is I know there's a lot of bad parts too, but the beautiful part is they can tell you who's almost identical to the people who are purchasing and then show them your ad. Okay. So that presumably works very well with Facebook ads. For to get the, the benefit of Facebook ads, you've got to have a Facebook pixel installed. Is that reasonably easy to do? It's very reasonable and very easy to do. Okay. So let's say we've got a website up now and I'm thinking of the mistakes I made early on in the business, which is putting up a lovely WordPress site, breaking my heart virtually by putting in content, blogging, um, putting up pictures, video, but no one knocks on the door. There's no one there. So how do we actually get now our content in front of customers? The way you get your content out in front of customers is the first thing you can do is just share it on the social web. It does wonders for you, um, and it's an easy thing to do to just really get everything out there. Uh, as for, you know, you can do Twitter, you can do Facebook, you can do Instagram. So that's one way. Another way to get your content out there for everyone to see it is anyone you link to in your content, email them, telling them how you link to them and ask them to share it because you're, in essence, giving them free press. So why wouldn't they want to share it as well? So those are two really simple things to do that can get you more uh, visibility. Let's say that um, we rely upon LinkedIn to tell us what kinds of conversations are pertinent or relevant or important, or other people could go to Reddit. How could someone find out what kinds of customers are out there, what kinds of conversations they're having, and what their requirements are, apart from just blogging and putting stuff up? Sure. So I have a free marketing tool called Ubersuggest. Ah. Uh, and it's 100% free, at least for now. My goal is to try to keep it for free as long as possible, or at least a free version of it. And you can put in any uh, competitor URL, or you can put in any keyword, and it'll tell you what people are looking for, what issues they have, what are they searching for, what problems. And it does this by giving you keywords mm. that are related. It gives you comparison keywords. It gives you questions uh, keywords that are question oriented that our people are searching or having issues with. And it even tells you all the ones that your competitors are going after, the ones that they're paying for, the ones that they're not paying for, the ones that are driving traffic, the ones that they're spending the most money on. Because typically all these are indicators of what people mm -hmm. are looking for, what issues they have, whether it's on a social site or a search engine, it doesn't matter the database is pulling from pretty much everywhere. Okay. So once people have now some kind of content which people want to look at, um, obviously because we're business people, we want people now to take action. We want them to engage with us. Um, how could we convert people from just passing by, engaging with content, clicking on likes, and actually coming to us and saying, you know what, I like it. I like what you're doing. It's credible. I now want you to design a training program for me or deliver a sales program or a leadership program or something like that. How do you convert people, quite simply put? Yeah, so th the way you would convert people is a few things. One, you can do exit pop-ups on your site when people are reading your content mm -hmm. and push an offer that you're promoting. You can do this for free with hellobar.com. Mm -hmm. You can also uh, get push notification subscribers through uh, subscribers.com. And then when someone subscribes with the click of a button, you can keep getting them to come back and push your offers or promotions that you may have. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, another thing you can do through an exit pop is collect emails. 
Uh, also within your content, let's say you are a marketer mm-hmm. and you offer marketing services and you're creating content that educates people on marketing. You can also mention in there how you have a company or if they need help, they can check out your ad agency. So things like that help really well. Or if you have an e-commerce site, you know, if you're talking about the best products for a holiday season, maybe one or two of the products are also your own products, right? Mm. So all these tactics won't just get people to read your content, but it'll also drive sales as well. And one thing that I love doing in my exit pop-ups through Hello Bar is I don't really push my offers too much. I more so push a free offer instead of a paid product, but a free offer in exchange for email address. And then through email, I sell them. Right. So we want to get someone reading something, liking it, and then taking the next step. So giving someone some kind of taster, like a free module of a training course, or maybe a video, which is what you use, uh, will get someone to take the next step. How, how on that topic, how successful or how relevant is video these days to as a kind of content type on a website? Very relevant, uh, very important. And we find that video creates more engagement than any other type of form of content. Podcasting is growing really fast, Mm. at least in the US uh, and worldwide in China, places like that podcasting has already taken off. Mm -hmm. But video, I do believe, is the future of content. And does that mean that Google and other search engines are changing the algorithm to make video content a higher priority? Correct, yes. Well, I don't think search engines are, but social networks definitely are. Okay, so any particular social types or social platforms you think video works very well for? Uh, For Google, I I think text-based content is mainly it. They are indexing podcasts, so they're able to crawl and index them. But um, they, from what we are seeing, it's mini text that dominates. Okay, so the kind of content that I find works for me would be something like an ebook, uh, sometimes uh, a book review. Um, that's something I could share on Twitter. Any other kinds of plugins which people could pop into their website, to their WordPress website? Uh, I would check out uh, ManyChat or Mobile Monkey. Mm-hmm. Facebook Messenger is a big one, it allows you to chat with people and get more subscribers through there. So that way you can continue to market to people as well on the social sites. Okay. So you have a course right now or several courses. We'll not go into that in detail, but uh, let's suffice, suffice to say that um, it, they're going very well. What kind of plugin or, or system do you use to create courses online and sell? Because I think that's a big thing for people in 2020. People out there listening who are uh, instructors, freelance trainers, coaches, they want to get a course online and market that. Yeah. So... Um you're saying if you have a course, what would be the best way to go and market it, correct? Yeah. Well, you have, for example, a course online. So someone logs in, they can access content, series of modules, complete them, and effectively like a kind of learning management system follow along with those individual steps. What kind of software does that? Uh, Kajabi is probably the easiest okay. one to use because um, it's plug and play. The other one that you can do is, I think it's WP member. Mm-hmm. It's much more complicated to set up. Kajabi is the easiest solution, actually. Okay. How are you yeah. use that? There's something I've used in the past, by the way, uh, people listening. Uh, it's called Teachable, but Kajabi is another one as well. Um, let's say we give people now a kind of a six-week or a two-month plan from scratch in 2020. Where should people start? Okay, so if I were you, what I would do, let's say, you know, they're on... They're a coach. First, I would go pop up a WordPress website. Okay, you can do this through WP Engine or Bluehost or any of them. They have a click of a button, you're up and going. And get a free theme up and running. WordPress has a ton of free themes. I wouldn't pay for one. Then in the next day, I would start 
and keep in mind we're still in week one. I'll break it out from week sure. one to week. But the first day, you should just get up a website. You can throw up your logo. You don't even have to pay for one. You can use canva.com for a free logo. Uh, and you're off to the race. So now that you end up having your website up, what I want you to do the next day is throw up content. And I'm not talking about blog articles, but I'm talking about who you are, why you're an expert, why people should follow you like an about page, right? This is very important because if they can't resonate with you and your story, it's very rare that they're going to hire you. Yeah. Then the third day, what I want you to do is go out there and create content, write articles that show that you know what you're talking about. And when you're writing content, I want you to link out to other people to back up your uh, sources, your data, because you should have stats and data. And when you do email them, asking them to share the content. And I also want you to share that content on this, uh, your social web as well. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, etc. cetera. Uh, and I want you to do that for the rest of week one. Now, the last thing I want you to do in week one is I want you to go live on the social platform. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, go live and go live for at least 30 minutes, just giving people advice and answering their questions and bonding with them and helping them out and not selling anything. So that's what I want you to do through week one. And that'll take up roughly five days. I know there's seven days in a week, but everyone needs a break. So I'm only going to give you the first five days. Now we're ready for week two. Week two, what I want you to do is set up hellobar.com. Mm -hmm. It's free. And collect emails when people visit your site. I also want you to set up subscribers.com, which sets up push notifications. So that way, when people come to your website, they can subscribe. I also want you to set up mailchimp.com so you can send out emails. You can do these three things in the first day of week two. It won't take you more than an hour to actually do all three of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, during week two, I want you to also keep creating content. You know, Don't do more than two to three blog posts. Do at least one live video. And this will still keep continually helping you get traffic. And of course, when you do the blog post, email people out, uh, letting them know that you uh, link them and ask them to share it. Of course, you need to share your own content as well. Uh, but what I also want you to do during week two is I want you to create a page, a contact page where people can inquire for any services you have to offer. That shouldn't even take you a day, but you can do that. Uh, there's, uh, I think called WP forums, uh, allows you to do this easily. I believe it's called WP forums. And then what I want you to do the next day after that is create a drip sequence to your email. So you're through your MailChimp campaign and it'll say day one, do this day two, day three, day four, etc. So you would email people. Now you don't have to email them every single day, email them every other day, but you can set up a five part drip sequence. The first day you can tell them who you are, your story, how you can help them, the services you have to offer. Mm -hmm. The third day you can end up giving them some advice that helps them. The fifth day, you know, you can promote your services again. Uh, the seventh day, give them some free advice. Uh, the ninth day, promote your services again. In other words, you're rotating. Right. But you can create the sequence all in one day. It won't take you more than two, three hours. But that's all you need to do for week two. You'll start getting inquiries, and then you can start closing people as well. Okay. Uh, what about the creation of lead magnets at this stage? So I, I quite find I find that uh, when people have something in their inbox from me, uh, something they can read offline, uh, that's something that's very powerful in terms of convincing them of my credibility and my authority on the subject. 
that's correct. And they can do this on a mobile device. They can mm. do, they can read, you know, on their desktop computer, they can save it, but it is powerful. But what I found is it's not just reading offline. Almost everyone's online all the time, even when they're not trying to be online. So it doesn't really matter. If it's all- <laughs> True. Okay. Um, so how much time should people spend on, on SEO? Because at some point we need to earn money. We need to uh, deliver that coaching program, that training program. How much time should someone dedicate to writing content and reaching out to people on social, as you call it? Yeah, well, look, I, I, you should spend as much time that makes financial sense. See, some right. businesses make a huge ROI from it, so they should have many dedicated people towards it and many contractors. Mm. Some people don't make as much because their business is smaller, so they should reduce the amount of hours that they spend on it. Right. It all depends on how profitable it is for you. Yeah. If something's extremely profitable, spend as much time as you can. So it's like a machine. The more money you put in, the more kind of uh, value you get back out. In theory, yes, but it doesn't always work that way, okay. right? And that's why I say you should adjust it because for some businesses... Let's say you decide to sell to governments and you have a business that has government contracts. Well, doing a ton of SEO, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, just being blind. It's not going to do much for you. There, there's no need, right? So for you, you would have a low ROI and you're wasting your time. That's true. So if someone is uh, servicing a public sector contract, some kind of government contract, um, hammering things out in social media may not be the best approach because many of those people may not be reading that content. But it's, I think it's fair to say, Neil, that many of the people listening to this are on LinkedIn and many of the buyers for their training programs are on LinkedIn too. What is your view of the success of LinkedIn? Because I know I've struggled with LinkedIn the last two years. I think I'm finally seeing some kind of light, but many people I know post again and again and again. And I'm looking at these miserable numbers of, of likes or reactions to what they actually do. And I know they're putting an effort into it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're putting an effort into it. Um, look, I, I, just because you put an effort in here, it's going to do well for you. you got to adapt and test. You know, I, I see a lot of people being like, I'm putting in so much time and effort. I, I deserve to be making a ton. <laughs> effort doesn't mean anything. Right. All, all that matters is when you're doing this stuff, things are either going to work or they're not going to work. If they don't work, you need to adapt and keep tweaking and testing. If you don't tweak and test, then you're never going to do as well as you want. It, you know, it, it's nothing ever works the way that um, n- nothing ever works the way that you want. Mm. If, okay. if life was that easy, we would all do well. So, in terms of the future of search engines, or at least in 2020, what's around the corner? Because I'm familiar with the fact that many of these search engines and platforms are constantly changing their algorithm, how they uh, prioritize content. Are there any kinds of uh, tools that we could familiarize ourselves with or uh, techniques or changes to be aware of coming down the line? Yeah. So uh, look, with the search engines, voice search is being really big in 2020. According to Comscore, roughly half the searches are going to be voice search. So the, the big thing is, is you need to figure out ways to monetize this voice search traffic. Uh, there's tools like Jetson AI that are starting to help with this. Mm. allows people to order from your company, whether it's services, products, uh, delivery, restaurants. They pretty much do the whole suite of things. But you got to start looking at ways to capitalize off of voice search because it's not just devices like Google Home or Alexa. People are also using voice search with things like their mobile phones, right, while they're driving and talking into their phone. So before we end up uh, with today's 
outro, at least wind up today's episode, I'd like to recap on a couple of things. And this is from my perspective as the host of the Training Business Podcast. Just five tips to help you in 2020 when it comes to your website. Number one, set up your website using something like WordPress. There are, as Neil said, lots of free themes out there which you can get from sites like uh, wpastra.com or themeforest.com. Many of these are free, but even the paid ones are about $50, so they're not quite uh, too expensive. They're quite affordable. Uh, when you get your WordPress website up, you need to install plugins, and a couple of ones which come to mind are Google Analytics, which is free, and it helps you to ensure that your website is compatible with the Google search engine and it can be found, and that the search engine optimization is optimal. You can also install Yoast, which is a great plugin to help you, again, um, put in things like uh, keywords, and Yoast will even warn you inside your website if you have uh, omitted or left out particular things which can help Google to find your website. Fiverr um, is a website which has lots of contractors online who will help you to set things up like Google Analytics and WordPress. Um, they'll even install, you know, all the plugins that you need to run your website. And they'll also help you in terms of getting some kind of um, security plugins in place. So I typically don't do all my uh, WordPress work anymore. I contract that out to someone who helps me to update my website, my themes, and helps me running the website in general. So I don't have the time for that. And that's something you could look at in 2020, getting your website, website up using something like WordPress, installing a free theme and installing the plugins. The next step, number two, number two is to create um, a great homepage, an about page, a services page, maybe a blog page, and lastly, a contact page. They're the four or five pages that you would need for your website. One, your homepage, which is the landing page where people land and read something about you, maybe your latest blog posts or your podcast episode, if you've got a podcast of your own, or some kind of lead magnet or call to action, the kinds of things which people see or need to see when they land on your homepage. The about page tells people, perhaps through testimonials, uh, whom you've worked with and what they say about you. You can also use videos as a great way to explain to people why they should uh, see you as someone credible and why they should hire you uh, to train their people, their teams. You can also have a services page which outlines the various programs and workshops which you offer. It could be your training programs, your coaching programs, and so on. A blog page, which could be literally a series of blog posts which highlight particular topics which you feel are important. Your contact page, then lastly, would be the page which maybe gives a map of where your office is, your phone number, your email address, and maybe a form which is hooked up or connected to a platform like ConvertKit or MailChimp. And those allow people then to add themselves to your email list and to mail you directly. And again, all this kind of stuff I'm not uh, doing because I contract that out to someone to do on my behalf. And that's through sites like Fiverr um, or there are a couple of others out there, but Fiverr is the main one that comes to mind. Tip number three is to brainstorm the kinds of content which you can create, which could go on your blog page. And since it's 2020 and the first episode of 2020, it's a good time now to put together a content plan for the year ahead. 
some kind of blog posts which you think would be helpful, maybe a video paste, uh, a video post, I should say, once per week, because that's um, very popular now with search engines. A lot of search engines like Google tend to prioritize video content, and certainly many social media platforms prioritize video posts as well, as long as they're native. And if you're unsure about which kinds of content to post, you could use tools like Uber Suggest, which is from Neil, Neil Patel, today's guest. And you can use that tool to find out the kinds of keywords which could be helpful, which indicate the kinds of content which people are looking for. And a very simple way, of course, is to use a tool like SurveyMonkey, with which you can survey your audience and find out from them what they feel is a priority for their team or for themselves. Tip number four is to create lead magnets. And lead magnets really are PDFs, downloadable checklists, guides, if you will. And these are things which people can download in exchange for their email address. You might offer someone a free guide or a checklist on something. And to get their hands on that, they've got to give you their email address, which again allows you to send them the magnet, the lead magnet, and get their email address. Sites like beacon.by, that's B-E-A-C-O-N dot B-Y, beacon.by, are wonderful because they make the creation of lead magnets very, very easy. If you cast your mind back to episode 42 with CEO Keith McGrath, Keith explained in that episode back in July, July 4th, 2019, how his website operates and how you can use sites like beacon.by to create lead magnets, which people find very valuable, lots of pages and, and links. And as I said, because people want to get their hands on them, they're willing to give you their email address, which of course allows you to use something like ConvertKit or MailChimp to set up some kind of sequence and mail them frequently some kind of value content which you have. So the lead magnet is the first step in convincing someone that you've got something of value to offer them. And it kind of sets up a chain of emails, which you can then use to frequently update people on what you're offering in your training business. Canva.com, C-A-N-V-A, Canva.com is a website you can use to create great graphics for your lead magnets. You could also very simply use Word, convert that document to a PDF. You can even use a PictoChart, P-I-K-T-O, PictoChart.com to create wonderful infographics. And again, those are the things which people could find very valuable. So that's tip number four. And lastly today, tip number five is to explore Google ads. Google has lots of um, online tutorials, both on YouTube and uh, elsewhere on the web. And you can learn the difference between organic traffic versus paid traffic. Organic traffic versus paid traffic. And paid traffic, of course, means Google ads Facebook ads, etc. So tip number one, again today, was to set up your website using WordPress. Tip number two, to create the pages which make sense on your website, the homepage, about page, services page, blog page, contact page. Tip number three is to brainstorm the kinds of content which you can can create for your training business in 2020, blog posts, video posts, etc. Tip number four, is to create lead magnets. These are PDFs which people can download in exchange for their email address. And tip number five is to explore Google Ads. So that's it for today. Thank you, Neil, for being our guest on the show. Thank you for speaking to us live from LA. And my sincere thanks to you as our listeners for tuning in again this week to today's episode, the first episode of 2020. Thank you for all your support in 2019. And I look forward to hearing from you and your friends and other training professionals in the training business in 2020. We'd love you to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts 
because this helps us to promote the show and to track the kinds of guests who can help you with your training business. You can check out the podcast this week and every week on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher and on Spotify. We're on Twitter, of course, on Facebook and Instagram. So feel free to check out check out the, the various topics which we plug into Instagram and the different platforms and to join the conversation. Now, next Thursday, in episode 69 or 69, we have Jack and Patty Phillips, the CEO and founders of the Return on Investment or ROI Institute. And in that episode, we're going to talk about the ways which you can measure the impact of your training programs and workshops. Fantastic episode with Jack and Patty next week, next Thursday. So until then, have a great training business week. See you next Thursday. Bye-bye. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.